This is the Senior Living Truth Series podcast, where we have candid conversations about complex issues facing today's mature adults. No sales pitch, only the truth. I'm Dr. Nikki Buckaloo. Welcome to the show. Okay, good morning. How is everybody? We're going to have a cold front today. It's only going to be 91 this afternoon. All right, good deal. So my name is Nikki Buckaloo. I see some unfamiliar faces in the room. How many of you are first-timers today? A couple of people? Great, yeah. All right, how many of you, this is your fourth decluttering seminar? All right, good. All right, it's a process. It's a process. It's a process. It's a process. Okay. So a couple of uh, housekeeping items real quick, and then I'm going to bring Miss Anya up, and we're going to get started on decluttering as our topic today. Let me get my clicker here. Uh, so how many of you were at the uh, brain health uh, thing? Yeah, awesome. Great. So um, where is Chris? Is he in the room? Yeah. So Chris, when I went back to the office right before I came up here, I told Shannon we forgot to bring those brain health magazines. Did we get them? We have it. So if you didn't pick up the brain magazine that we forgot last, or we didn't get forget it, it didn't come until after the seminar last month, pick that up. Um, you're also going to notice that the sponsors in the back, a lot of them are doing education, right? A lot of them are doing education, at the, either at their place or at someone else's place in conjunction with. So please make sure that you, you know, do, do pick up that, that information back there because they want to encourage you to come to some other stuff. We can't do, we've had a lot of people say we want you to do this class or that class and the Senior Living Truth Series, um, to put this together every month is a fairly big production. And so we can't do every class that everybody wants, but what happens is a lot of these folks are offering those particular things at their venue. So make sure you're taking advantage of those. Uh, so those people who are new in the room, just to remind you that our sponsors are the reason that these are free and that we can continue to do them, so thank you for that. And um, also, just please tell a friend about next month. It is a new topic next month. It's the truth about health care for seniors. It's not a Medicare uh, talk. It will talk about Medicare, I'm sure, but it's not a Medicare talk. There's a lot of seminars that are going to be going on about Medicare because there'll be open enrollment in October, but we're going to talk about how to help you navigate the healthcare system. It's going to be a 12-hour workshop <laughs> starting at 6 in the morning. <laughs> we're going to try to get as much in 90 minutes as we can, and our sponsors are going to help us with that, Providence and Accenture and some of the other folks. So. Um, you should have a handout for today, and we're going to dive into this content. Anya and I are going to talk through it, and then we're going to open it up to questions. So before Anya comes up, I have, I just want to know, what did you come today to learn? If there was anything specific you want to make sure you get out of today, what would it be? How to let go. Anybody else? Where to start? What to do with it? Is there any way to get money out of that? Good question. Yeah. How to get the kids to let go. Yeah. All right. Good. Anybody else? All right. Okay. Yeah. 
a new approach. The old one's not working. We'd like a new approach, please. <laughs> awesome. All right, so give Anya a hand. Come on up, Anya. All right. So uh, those of you who don't know Anya, Anya Modern is uh, our star move manager at OKC Mature Move. She's been working with us for two years now, I think. I think you're going to say that. She paid me to say that, yeah. And Anya has been working with clients. She's missed the last couple of Truth Series because um, she's had two moves a week for the last several weeks, yeah? Yes. Yeah, it's been busy. It's been busy. It's been doing a lot of decluttering. A lot of decluttering. So lots of great lessons learned, right? Absolutely. And I moved myself. Yes. So I learned a lot of lessons yeah. during that, too. And so I just found out this morning that Bill said, I'm here, but I don't really need this topic because I just decluttered and moved and we just got a contract on his house, right, Bill? So yay, yeah. Bill! All right. So, but there are some of you in the room who've already done this. Raise your hand if you've already decluttered and downsized. You've moved out of a big space into a small one. Yay, all right. How many of you need to do that? Okay, there we go, okay. So, there you go, we got our work cut out for us today. So I want to differentiate uh, before we get rolling here on downsizing versus decluttering. You're going to hear us use those words, okay? Downsizing is moving out of a bigger space into a smaller one, thereby having a purge, if you will, to get into something smaller. Decluttering is a little different, right? You don't necessarily have to move to declutter. You can stay in the same space and declutter, okay? So you'll hear us use those words kind of off and on. So think about where you are. Are you thinking about decluttering or downsizing? Because if you're downsizing, you probably are decluttering by default. Yeah? Okay. Awesome. Okay, Anya. So, um, oh, there we are. That's my introduction page there. I was going to put our pictures on it and it didn't make it, but we look better in person anyway, right? Okay. So let's define some things. These are in your handout, right? We're going to talk about what is clutter, why should you declutter, what you're going to declutter, and how you're going to declutter. And we're going to do that in 90 minutes. Get ready, right? Okay, so Anya, uh, oh, you know what, before I, let me tell you, you didn't see these pictures yet, right? Okay, so I told Anya the other day that I took some pictures for her because you know how some women will buy stuff and they'll share pictures with their friend and they'll say, oh, look what I bought, look at this great deal I got. We share pictures with each other about what we threw away. <laughs> so these are, uh, that's my trash can on the left, that big picture. And that is a junk drawer that I had that had accumulated a bunch of meat pins and miscellaneous things. And while Chris was at the lake this last weekend, I purged. So that's my junk drawer, pretty much almost all of it. And then the, the top picture is three items that I struggled with. The two are large versions of that. So the one on the far right, the sparkly purple and green thing, does that look familiar to anybody? It's a keychain. It was that last year's decluttering talk that we did. It's in the trash now and gone. Because here's what I want you to know about it. That was my grandmother's. Um, it was something that I picked out of her things when she passed away when I was um, in my early, gosh, I was a teenager, actually. And I, I kept it all these years, and it's moved with me about 23 times. 
And I've never used it as a keychain because it's too unwieldy and awkward and all that. And you can't open it. It doesn't hold anything. It's really not very functional. And I don't even know how important it was to her. But I had a hard time letting go of it. And so I made the decision this last week to do that. The thing at the bottom is a purse holder. It's one of those things you hook to a table and you hang your purse, you know. And Chris and Mary, when we were in the Key West, I was griping because of my purse. I couldn't hang my purse on any of the tables. And they, I didn't want to put it on the floor. If you've ever been to Key West, you don't put anything on the floor there. Um, and so they bought me this thing at Sloppy Joe's. They even had it engraved. You know, it's pretty. And it doesn't work for the crap. <laughs> and I tried, and I tried, and I, I put it in the drawer, the junk drawer, and it's sat there now for two years, and it went away this week. But I struggled with it, right? Why? It was a gift. It was a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Chris is back there saying I'm heartbroken. Um, <laughs> the other item up there, the, the thing, you know, that you hang on the wall to hang hats on or belts or whatever, right? I bought on Amazon for like $3.23 for a pack of three. I used one of them. The other one has been in the shelf in my utility room sitting there looking at me every time I open a cabinet. And I thought, I'm never going to use that thing. And if I do, I'll buy another one for $3.23 and throw the other two away. And that's how cheap stuff is right now, right? So it went in the trash, too. Now, all three of those things could have been reused, yeah? But what would I have had to do to get them to be reusable? Yeah, give them away? Yeah. Or... I'd have to find somebody who wanted them. Or I'd have to take them to the Goodwill, right? It was a whole lot easier to just throw them in my trash can. Okay, so this is what we're talking about today. I get it. This isn't easy stuff, right? This is, you know, stuff that we all deal with, yeah? Okay, you just moved. How much did you downsize? Um, so I actually upgraded my living space. Uh, so I went to a larger place, but I decluttered a lot. If I, I lived in my current place for two years, and if I hadn't used it in two years, I threw it away. And, um, and I had been looking at that stuff for a while, thinking I need to get rid of it, I need to get rid of it. So it was the perfect time. So my friends were teasing me, they're like, okay, so you have more space, and yet you got rid of stuff. Yeah. Yes. Because I don't use it, and it was but there were some hard stuff. Sure. There were some items that were given to me as gifts, and I kind of... I had to be okay with letting it go, and I had to realize that when I give a gift, I don't give it, I don't expect you to keep that gift forever. Yeah. So that was a little bit of a battle for me. I learned some stuff that I think will help me with my clients. Yeah. So we're not just talking about this from a textbook. We're, no. we, we really live this with yeah. you. We want you to understand that we get it, right? It's not always easy. All right. So you all have seen this before. I've shown it at this seminar at the time. Right? Um, you know, son, one day this will all be yours. I want you to just ingrain that in your memory because that's how your kids feel. All right, so let's define clutter. What is it? This is in your book. So this is what the dictionary says. So um, it's a state of being untidy. Or to fill something in an untidy or poorly organized way. Does anybody have a, a cluttered closet? Yes. Almost everybody has at least one. Okay, so then not to be confused with a hoard, right? Now, we've had people tell us that they're hoarders, and we get to their house and we go, uh, no, you don't qualify. I'm like, bless your heart. Right, bless your heart. Okay. You may be cluttered, or you may think you're cluttered, but you're not a hoarder. So let's talk about what hoarding is. So hoarding is a large amount of something, either saved or hidden. Okay, a large amount of something. How many people have heard people hoarded stuff during the war, right? 
Yeah, because you thought you might need, they may need it, right? So you've got uh, to, to collect a large supply of something more than currently needed. If you're hoarding paper towels, right, to the tune of 50 rolls of them, when you have a grocery store right next door, that might be considered hoarding. Okay. Or it may be that you got a good deal at Costco, and that's all you hoard. But if you hoard that and other things, then we start to see a pattern, right? Okay. So some of you are going, uh-oh, right, in paper job. Um, more than necessary, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, oh, and by the way, hoarding, we know, has, has a mental condition attached to it, right? True hoarders really do have some, some mental issues that cause their brain, they don't really realize they have an excess, okay? So there is some mental, uh, psychological issues there. All right, what about excess, Anya? What's excess? So amount that is more than acceptable, expected, or reasonable. Okay, reasonable is such an ambiguous term. Who gets to decide if it's reasonable? Well, in my house, I do. Right. Uh, adjective makes it more than necessary. It's too much. So almost all of us, I would say, have an excess of something. Yes? Most women in this room would admit they have an excess of clothing or shoes or purses or belts. Men, tools. Right? Reading glasses. No, I'm just joking. All right. <laughs> all right. So what I want us to do as we go through this is to stay out of judgment. Okay, about other people and about yourself. This isn't about judging. It isn't about saying you're right or wrong or you should or shouldn't. It's not about your neighbor, your friends, your kids. Your It may be about your spouse a little bit. You live in the same house, right? Um, but it's it's not meant to be about judge. We're not sitting here. I, I have one lady. Remember Anya when I told you we had one client who she, she paid somebody from Dallas $5,000 to come up and declutter her house before she would let me come and talk to her about downsizing. And she chose Dallas because she knew she'd never run into that again. So she wouldn't have to get there. So we don't want anybody to feel any sense of shame or embarrassment. That's not what this is about. We, your house is your home and we have no opinion about that. We're just there to do a job, okay? And do it for you. Okay, so when clutter becomes problematic, let's talk about when does clutter become problematic? There are about six reasons. Yeah, I think the biggest one is when it causes you anxiety yeah. and depression, and you're physically feeling the effects of that clutter. Um, that's when it becomes a problem to me. And if you would, on that line, just write down next to that line on your worksheet, you know, what area of your house is right now causing you anxiety? Is there an area? Is there a drawer, a closet? Is it the whole house? Is it the garage? Uh, for me, it was that stupid junk drawer. You know, every time I went in there to get something out, I couldn't find anything. It was creating frustration, and therefore, it was time to declutter it. Yeah. So the second, second thing on here is unsafe or too difficult to manage. You know, guys, I, there are some times that it is unsafe. And if there are pests or paths, it's unsafe. It's unhealthy, right? Pests, P-E-S-T-S, -E pests or paths, P-A-T-H-S. So if someone can't get through their house except by a path that is worn through the carpet, then we're generally dealing with a pretty extreme issue, right? Um, but there are also other difficulties or difficulty man. Some people can't dust everything that they have due to some dis physical disability or something like that and that may be you know if you have stuff stacked up mm -hmm. you go to reach for something else and it all falls on you yeah 
right? Um, and you know, there are home health agencies here, they'll tell you that when they send someone to your home to provide services, if you are living in an unsafe environment, that has to be remedied before they can provide services, okay? The third one, Anya. Uh, creates tension in significant relationships. <laughs> so my this, couples are always an interesting situation right. for me because um, we all think our stuff's the most important and we all think everyone else's stuff is annoying when we look at them, right? So <laughs> if it's creating tension, it might be something you want to talk about and see how you can work through that. Yeah, I had a, a, a lady that I coached down in Houston and she, uh, she and her husband were on the verge of divorcing because of clutter, uh, because he could not let go of things and she couldn't live with the way the house was. Come to find out, he felt the same way about her stuff. Yeah, and so they had to decide, are we gonna do something about this or are we gonna get divorced? And it's really a mind issue, mind's empty issue. Mind's not an issue. I have nothing, yeah. it's all your stuff. Yeah, right, just ask Chris, I'll tell you. Yes. So. And not just, it may not just be, by the way, your spouse. It could be that your kids don't come to your house because they don't have a place to sit. Or maybe you don't go to your kid's house because their house is a pit and you're a perfectionist, right? So clutter can create tension in relationships in a lot of ways. Um, it's also costly. If it becomes, if clutter becomes costly, then it's probably time to declutter, right? So if you have to move stuff out of your garage into a storage building so that you can put more stuff in there, it, that can be a problem, right? Uh, how many people do we know that have storage buildings on you that they haven't been to in years? Yeah, and they're, they're paying every month. They have no idea what they're paying for because they forgot what's in there. It's too packed to even go. They don't, physically can't go as like they used to be able to pull stuff out and look at it. So they're just paying a bill for something they have no idea what they're paying for. Yeah, and that somebody's going to end up having to clean out later. Right. Yeah. It's going to be that picture later, which yeah. someone's going to take care of it. Yeah, or they're going to be on TV and they're going to be doing one of those mass auctions because the person passed away and the kids didn't know that it was there, so the bill wasn't getting paid, so therefore they just auctioned it off anyway. So something that was so important <laughs> is now being auctioned off. Right, to benefit the bill that you didn't get paid or Whatever. The other thing is we have a, a lady that I met with, she didn't end up becoming a client, but she had been living with someone because she needed care. Um, she had some issues that she needed care. She was living with someone. She had two houses that she was paying for, one in Bethany and one in Edmond, and they both had stuff in them. And she said she couldn't, she just couldn't get rid of it. And I went into the one house and I was like, oh my gosh, if the house had flooded, the things that were in the house were not worth anything. They were ruined. But yet she was still paying for that. The house was basically a storage locker for stuff. You guys get that? Okay, so it can be costly. Number five? Uh, thinking ahead toward a future move. Yeah, so why is that a problem? Well, if you're going to, if you know you're going to be moving and you want to have an estate sale, don't get rid of your stuff. Just let it be there. But it can be problematic because it keeps people from wanting to move, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what we see is, is people go, well, I'm going to move in the future, so I'm going to deal with this clutter, right? And it kind of depends on how you're going to move or, you know, why you're going to move if, you're, if you need to do that. We'll get into that in a minute. Then the last one is uh, concern about burdening your heirs. That's probably one of the biggest things. If you feel this sense of, of like, that guy in that picture, right, that uh, if you feel like that and you don't want to burden the people who are going to be left behind to deal with your things, 
then you may want to start to declutter. That creates anxiety for some people. Absolutely. Yeah. Is the fact that somebody else is going to have to deal with My father-in-law, on the other hand, it creates zero anxiety for him whatsoever. And so, therefore, he's not going to declutter. And, by the way, I'm okay with that, right? I'm okay with that because as a family, we've talked about it, right? It, we've talked about it. And that's the important thing is talking about it. Yeah. We're just going to light a match. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't care because he's going to be dead anyway, so why do I care, right? I mean, we've had these conversations, so, okay. Jim know, this isn't all, this isn't a secret. All right, so when is clutter not a problem? If you're, if you know you're going to be moving. If you know you're going, you know when you're going, then you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, and it's not this, not for, just don't do anything. Just yeah. leave it where it is, right? Bill's so funny, can I throw you under the bus, Bill? He's used to it. Bill, yeah. So he, he went through, and he did a great job going through his stuff. He, he went through everything, and, and uh, he didn't really have any clutter. I mean, I wouldn't call what he had was clutter. And it was like, he goes, now what? I said, now just leave it alone. And he goes, really? We're like, yeah. That was probably the hardest thing, I think, for him was, yeah. I don't want to do anything. Not do no, anything. Just let it go. Yeah, how I many of you want to feel like you're making progress, right? And so you got to go through things. Well, you don't have to go through things. You just need to leave it alone, right? And let somebody deal with it. Um, unless you want to deal with it, of course. And then the other reason it's not problematic is it's really not causing you any distress. I had somebody tell me the other day that they were stressed out because they were decluttering. And I said, well, why are you decluttering? Because they said I should. I said, do you feel like your house is cluttered? She said, no. I said, and it's causing you stress to declutter? Yes. Stop it. Do you guys get what I'm saying? There's no, I want to be really clear. Nobody is telling you you should do anything. If it's causing you stress to declutter, don't do it. Let your clutter be your clutter, and if you love it, love it. Does that make sense? Okay, so I just want there to be no, absolutely no question that we are not telling everybody that they should go home today and declutter. Now, if you're telling your spouse that, that's your problem. I, I'm not, not going to take responsibility for that. Okay, uh, so common objections. Here are the biggest common objections we see. And this is where we're going to spend most of our time because I think that's where most of you are is like, okay, I want, how many of you right now, based on what we've just said, want to declutter at least some or, or all of your house? Raise your hand. Okay. All right. Great. Now, before we talk through this, just, I want you all to read those bullet points. These are on the back of your handout. I want you to read those bullet points and I want you to circle the one that or more than one that has to do with you. Like you feel like that's the biggest objection or obstacle you have right now to doing it. It's on the set back, back page of your handout at the top. And give you a second. Back page of your handout. Common objections or obstacles. Isn't that right? Isn't it on the top of that handout? Oh, it printed wrong. Oh, gotcha. Part of it printed on the front, part of it printed on the back. All right, we'll just go through them. So, continued accumulation. On you talk about this, what you see happening with people, and something, a new advice you gave, I heard, I thought was great the other day. Well, 
what I see is that people continue to buy. They'll buy, they'll buy new clothes, they'll buy new purses, and I would say one in, one out. Is that what you're One in, one out. One in, one out. So if you buy a new handbag, you let go of the handbag. If you buy a new hammer, you let go of the hammer. So that way you're not healing. So we're at least evening out, right? We're not we're not getting more than we want. So one in, one out. And listen, I am addicted to printed t-shirts. It is my weakness. I bought like 12 in the last probably month. And it is hard to do the one in, one out. I make myself do it, but it is hard. But I, I think the one in, one out just kind of helps at least maintain. If you're wondering why the heck she's addicted to printed t-shirts, I just love to put things like if my cat's not invited, I'm not coming. Right on the shirt. Then she takes, you know, people, nowadays social media is hilarious because people take pictures with those shirts, right? And then they, and then, and then they're done with the shirt. So I wear them a lot. Okay. Yeah, I do wear them. But so one in one out. So if you're gonna buy something new, let go of something and either try to donate it or sell it. However, we have people that right now you just knew someone who had a whole collection of dolls particular type of dolls. We don't necessarily throw them under the bus, but right. there's a very specific type of doll they had. And they've been collecting them for years. And their family, like 50, 40, 50. how many does she have? She has probably, I would say, 75 to 100 of them, including large and thin little ones. And it, it is just keeping her up at night. And why was she having a hard time with accumulation, continued accumulation? She just kept on buying them. She would look at the price tags can't let them go. She just found a list the other day of uh, each doll and how much she spent for it. That was tough. And people were giving her this particular type of doll for her Christmas and for birthdays, and she has to keep them because she knows each person who gave each doll, she knows and she'll tell you the story, and it, she can't, can't give them away, and people just kept giving them and giving them. So there's a solution to that. Tell people to stop giving you stuff. Right? I mean, your grandkids want to get you something for Christmas. Tell them to take you to the movies. So my my saying is, give someone something that creates memories, not dust. And so when people ask you, you know, a lot of times grandkids or your children will say, Mom, Dad, what do you want for your birthday? I would love for you to take me out to dinner, or I'd love for you to take me bowling. Or, so we want to create memories, not something we have to dust. So it's interesting how you can do both at the same time. We took Layla skiing this last January. Uh, she's seven now, and we, we gave her, her for Christmas, we gave her a ski trip, and she's our granddaughter. And we took her skiing, and when we were skiing, she wanted, we wanted to get her a souvenir, and she got a stuffed animal at the airport that said Colorado on it, I think. And so anyway, so I was in the car with her the other day, and I said, Layla, you've got all these extra stuffed animals, and your mom has put them in a big bag up in the closet. Get rid of those. I said, you know, they're in a bag up in the closet. Well, I don't know. Mommy says when I'm older, I can go through them, and the ones I don't want, I can give away. And she said, maybe I can set up a stand out in front of my apartment and sell them. Well, you could try that. I don't know if they'll let you, but you can certainly try that. But she made a comment about that bear from Colorado. She said, you know, Nina, you got me that bear at when we went skiing. And I said, I did. Yeah. She said, yeah. And I said, you know what, Layla, at whatever point you no longer need or want that bear, it's okay to give it to somebody else who will love it. And it was real quiet, like she's in the back, and it's real quiet, and you could hear her little wheels turning, right? But I thought, you know, I don't want to give her any expectation that because we bought her that bear, that she has to keep it forever. Because how many of you have that problem right now? 
right? Yeah, you've got something at your house that you like to throw in the trash, but somebody gave it to you and you don't want to do it. That's probably one of the biggest challenges I see with the people I work with, is we'll go around and we'll look at things and I'll say, okay, do you want to keep this or no? <sighs> yes. Okay. Explain to me the side. Well, it's my grandma's and she would be so upset if I got rid of it. Did she tell you that? No. So you're perceiving that what she would think. And that's probably the biggest thing is people feel, they feel guilty. They don't necessarily want to keep it anymore. It doesn't fit their lifestyle. They don't have room for it. But it was their great grandmas or their grandmas and they feel like they have to keep it. Right. Yeah, there's a guilt. Yeah, it's an emotional or psychological attachment. There is guilt. My friend Mary calls it Catholic guilt. But I think everybody has it. I don't think it's just Catholics exclusively. I think it can be anybody. So here's the thing. If you're feeling guilt, then ask that person, how would you feel if I got rid of this? You know what most of them are going to say? I don't remember giving it to you. <laughs> right? That's what most of them are going to say. So that happened to me when I moved. My sister had given me this... Um, uh, I love cats, so yeah, everyone gives me cat stuff. And probably eight years ago, she gave me a cat mask. And I didn't want it anymore, and when I was moving, I wanted to throw it away, so I called her and I said, Michelle, what would you, would you be okay if I let go of that cat mask you gave me? She goes, what are you talking about? And I was like, the mask you gave me in English. She goes, I didn't even think you still had that on you. So, but I was holding on to it because I didn't want to like hurt her feelings, and then she came over and noticed it wasn't there. So I just called her and asked her, like, what do you want? Is it okay if I let go of it? If not, do you want it back? Um, yeah. And so now it's done, right? And you can move on. Yeah. Now I told them something else. But I will tell you that that's the biggest one usually is the emotional or psychological attachment. And it's your own personal attachment. This isn't something somebody else has put on you. Now, in some cases it might be, but this is what we're talking about. This is you saying to yourself, you know, you tell a story and many of them have heard it, but there's some that haven't about those cats that you had for so long. So I lived in Kansas, I was born in Kansas, and I had a neighbor, Mrs. Crumbaker, and she made me, when I was eight, she made me a mama cat house ceramic and three baby cats, and I loved those cats. And I would display them all the time when I moved, when I was younger, and then I moved eight times in 10 years, and those cats didn't fit my, my style anymore, but I couldn't get rid of them, because then Mrs. Crumbaker wouldn't think I loved her, and so I loved these cats, and this big blue bag and never unwrapped and they would just go in the back of the closet and I started to resent that bag because I was carrying it, it was taking up space and so when I, right after I started, Nikki gave me an article to read and number five was don't hold on to things for emotional purposes. Now this is the point where the ladies are going to clutch their pearls. I got those cats and I went and I threw them in the dumpster because that's what I needed to do. I couldn't donate them because they would sit on my floor, they'd still be there. And I felt so much better after I got rid of those cats. And guess what? Mrs. Crumbaker still loves me, right? And I got the use out of those cats, but for so many years, every time I moved, I just did the, what am I gonna do with these cats? So I threw them away. People will sometimes gasp at that, but that's what I needed to do. This was gonna happen with your china, by the way. China. And crystal. And crystal. And silver. And silver. No, silver can be sold. Yeah. It can be. It can be sold for weight. So, uh, the overwhelm. We'll go through these other ones pretty quickly. Overwhelm. People are paralyzed because they're overthinking it. Yeah. They have nowhere to start. Um, possible future use syndrome. Oh I call this the what if. 
What if? Well, what if I'm going to go camping again? Well, when was the last time you went camping? 20 years ago. Well, what do you think is going to change that now you're going to go camping? Well, I don't know, but if I do, I'm not going to have a tent. Well, you can borrow one. Well, it's not my favorite one. The favorite one that's been has cobwebs on it? So the, yeah. the what ifs. The what ifs. The what ifs. The what ifs. Get rid of the what ifs. Um, the physical difficulty. There are, of course, if you're having trouble getting stuff down out of your attic or out of your cabinets because it's physically difficult for you to do it, we get it. There are people to help with that. Anya helps people with that all the time that are moving, and then when she doesn't have moves going on, she helps people do that just in their homes. But there are also organizers out there. We have some really great organizers that we can recommend who will come in and help pull that stuff out, sort through it, and let it go. But here's what's, here's my issue. I almost had an organizer come be on the panel. And here's why I didn't. You know why? Because when people get organized, what do they do? They make more room for more shit. <laughs> they go to the container store and they find stackable things. And instead of getting rid of it, they go, oh, I have so much more room, I'll just keep it all. Now I can buy more. So the container store is not your friend. They are there to help you keep more stuff, not less. That's how they make, that's their business model. So as much as I love organizers, you've got to find an organizer who's also willing to talk you through letting it go, which is what I'm doing. You don't want to be in organized chaos. Right. Or just organize with too much. I mean, you still got the same crap you had. It's just tidy. This is pretty now. You know. Um, the, your china you haven't used in 33 years is still there. It's just, I don't get it. Okay, so, uh, but the physical difficulty is real, so please understand if you're going to have to get up into cabinets and pull things down or attics, we, would, we will offer some support for that. There are people who can help with that. Complacency. Yeah, it's fine. I'll get to it tomorrow. Oh, yeah. It's fine. Yeah. You know what I find interesting is I, I just came off of a decluttering uh, session with a client. I don't get to do them that often because been, it's been a little crazy with moves. But she, I was over there, and you know, within 30 minutes, we emptied out a whole closet. And it was a pretty good size. And she's like, Anya, I have been looking at this closet for three months. And I start, and then I get distracted. I don't understand why it's going so fast with you. I'm like, I'm not giving you the opportunity to get distracted. <laughs> right? Like, your phone's rang three times, and you said, oh, I'll get it later because you're here. And she's paying you by the hour. And she's paying you by the hour, right? And so you kind of have to go into that mindset that you're going to do it. Turn your phone off or turn it on silent and, and try to eliminate those distractions. And just here's I'm going to give a tip on the complacency part. Um, and this will always usually work. If you empty out your closet, put everything on your bed, it will get done before the end of the day because you have to sleep. And that's what I do with my clients. We pull everything out and then we put back in what they want. And what they don't, we just put in boxes or bags and put it to the side. But that, if you put it on something that you always use, it will get done. That's right. But you can't just kind of go through and look through the closets and because you're just yeah, not that. Yeah. Yeah, And do small, small bites of it. Lack of knowledge, people don't just know, know where to take it. So we're going to talk about that here in a second too. Like where do I take this stuff if I'm going to take it? But there's something to be said. There's two more things I'm going to have you add to this list that did not make the list on your handout. So get ready to write. Number one, write down your children. Your children. 
if you have adult children. If you don't have adult children, they may not be your children. Or other failing members, sisters, brothers, people who think that they're in charge of your life, but they're not. Okay. So Anya deals with this all the time, decluttering a kitchen so that they can move. They're choosing what they're going to take. You have it all labeled, and then the daughter comes. And what happens? But mom, I gave you that platter seven years ago. You're really going to get rid of it? Oh, I guess I'll take it. Yeah, we'll put it over here. Or mom, I gave you that mug when I was six years old, and you're 42 now. And it's stained with coffee. And it's stained with coffee. It's chip. There's a lot of guilt that comes with adult children, because, and they don't intentionally do it. Some of them do. Some of them do. But <laughs> for them, they are emotionally attached to some of those memories, too. And sometimes they want you to be as emotionally attached. But adult children can be a huge obstacle because um, and they've even been an obstacle with, with their parents moving because that's the house they grew up in, that's where all their memories are. Then buy the house. Mm -hmm. It's going to go for yeah. sale. But adult children, they are, it's, your, your no pile becomes very small when they're around, and the yes pile becomes very big. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I don't know what to tell you other than, you know, the best thing you can do is if there's, let's say, the coffee cup, the, the, the mom's, what is it? Dad's best dad, best dad, world's best dad, coffee cup, and you're gonna get rid of it. And the daughter says, "Oh, I gave that to you when I was in kindergarten." Stop right then. Stop and talk about kindergarten. That really what that is is that's a cue that that's an important memory for somebody, either you or them or both, right? That's a great time to stop and say, you know what, let's have our last cup of coffee in this coffee cup. Do you remember when you were in kindergarten? What was your teacher's name? How? That's a great opportunity. Rather than going, well, yeah, but it's got stains and I'm just going to get rid of it. And then your daughter's sitting there or son or whoever it is is going, you don't care about my cup. What they're really saying is you don't care about me. And that's not true, right? So it's a great opportunity for conversation. The other one we're going to add is unconscious. This is an unconscious, don't write unconscious. This is an unconscious thing a lot of people don't know. The reason we accumulate, the reason we hold on to it, but mainly the reason we won't let go of it as we get older. There's been studies that have shown that people feel a sense of connectedness to the world. In other words, you can't take it with you. We know that, right? So if you don't have any stuff, guess what? There's no reason for you to not be called home anytime soon. <laughs> we laugh, but think about it. Our stuff is what represents we are what? Living. No stuff. Now what? Right? So when you're on your taking your last breath or you know somebody who's recently taken their last breath, how much of that stuff did they hold on to? Or ask about? Or care about? None of it. Right? Because we're ready. We're making the decision to go on. But we're unconsciously looking around our house going, I've got to hang on to all this stuff because it represents who I am. Both as or who I was. There you go. So we're hanging on to our past instead of embracing our current self and our future self. 
Because I don't know about you guys, what I need now is a whole lot different than what I needed when I was seven. Layla needs those stuffed animals. Those provide her with play things. They provide her with make-believe. They provide her with comfort and safety when she sleeps. How many of y'all sleep with a big old pile of stuffed animals still? I doubt it. Maybe cats or dogs or, you know. But our needs change. But what happens is people don't get rid of the stuff they didn't need, they needed then and they hang on to it, so it's a need. The other thing is control. When you have stuff, you have a job, and you have control of it. It's my stuff. My two-year-old grandson, Maverick, says to Layla, mine. Mine. Well, guess what you're doing? You're 74 years old, and we're saying declutter, and you're going, mine! My hammer, damn it, if I'm going to keep it, if I want to keep it, I'll keep it. It's control, right? My stuff, my rules, my decisions, I'll do what I want to with it. Now, you'll be thinking about that today, won't you? Mm -hmm. See, this isn't textbook stuff. This isn't stuff you're going to find in Marie Kondo's book of joy. She says, keep what brings you joy. Every man in the room will go, that whole damn garage brings me joy. <laughs> bull on me, bull on me. Right? There's a control issue going on there. As long as I have my garage, you can't make me move to one of those homes. No longer need the stuff in the garage, then I can, you can make me move into one of those places where old people, where old people live. Where they're on a trip right now, Jill, to where? The Ark? The Ark Encounter. 43 people at Spanish Cove out partying their butts off on a village bus right now as we speak. All right. Let's keep going. Decluttering best practices. Here's what y'all came for. Here's how to do it. Ready? Number one. You gotta set a goal. So you have, and it could be, a, it doesn't mean it need to be a big, large grain scale goal. It could be a small one like uh, go through a cabinet. Maybe you have to have a goal so that you know where you're going. So that would be a small goal. A big goal might be, uh, I want to entertain again, and in order to do that, I'm going to need to clear off the dining room table. Right? I, and that's a true story. You know, I want to have the Christmas dinner at my house, and if so, I need to make sure that the bar is available and the table is available and that the floor around the dining room is available for people to come and move around. Yeah. Um, you may have a goal that you're going to park both your cars in the garage this next year when it hails. <laughs> you know. Or one. Or one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so set a goal. Then you create a plan. Here's the, here's the part that, so a lot of people try to skip number, oh, interesting. Number one, set a goal. Number three, create a plan. That was an absolute mistake, but I love the, the metaphor it presents. A lot of people try to skip number one and actually skip number two and go straight to number three, which is create a plan. Oh, that's funny. I didn't mean to do that. So create a plan. What kind of plan would you create? So what's the first thing on you that they might put on their plan? Um, if you're creating a plan, you want to figure out, so you set your goal, what you're going to do, and then how am I going to do it? Am yeah. I going to pull everything out? Am I going to, do I have a donate box, a keep box, a family box? So you want to kind of create a plan of how you're going to do it. And the time. Like what day am I going to do it? Put it on your calendar and don't cover it up. 
then take it one space at a time. I think we gave you a, a list of spaces to think about. So I'm going to flip to that slide while we're talking about one space at a time. Right? On you mentioned a closet or a drawer. You know, I in my house, I don't know if you ever do this, but like I'll sit in a chair or be walking through the house and I'll notice stuff, you know, out in plain sight view. In, like right now, if I'm sitting in my chair looking at our TV, I have two dumbbells on the floor that I haven't used in two months. And it's not what I would consider clutter, but that's not where they live. Right? That's not their home. So they're in plain view, so why do I not just get up and move them? Because I'd have to get up. And then I'd have to find a place for them. That's the key. So what you have to do is say, where am I going to put it? Right? So where am I going to put this stuff? That's part of your plan. But where am I going to clean also dictates where you're going to move it to. Right? You know why organizers and, and people like Anya are so great? they don't care they just want it done right you're overthinking it they you know so pick a closet so if you want to put all that stuff in the closet what do you have to do with the closet first there's your plan saturday i'm gonna clean that closet out so that the next saturday i can take all that stuff that's in there and put it in the closet now we're doing what we're just moving it around right this is what people do yeah What's the next thing? Once, once you pick a space, Anya. Take one space at a time. So that's where we talk about one closet or one um, cabinet that you have your linens in. And I always encourage, if you are going to declutter, to, and I, I, someone told me a story that they just got rid of purses. Trying to find where she is. Who got rid of purses? Yes, that kind of yeah. throwing her under the bus too. So she, she's been to my seminar, so she, decluttered her purses and said, I need to get these out today because if I don't, they're going to go back in the closet. So she's proud of herself. She takes them and someone says, oh, you're going to get rid of all those purses? So now in her mind, she says, this is what she told me, she goes, well, maybe I should get rid of all the purses. And so she did, but she, that's really important. So if you're, you take one space at a time, the next space is done you get that stuff out that day or the next day, because if not, that stuff's either going back where it was or it's gonna go into another space. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, and people, don't, if somebody's getting rid of stuff, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> don't, don't, don't comment either way, because if you do, it will be wrong. I mean, you won't know, but you'll affect their decision making just by somebody saying, oh, you're getting rid of those? Yeah, you want them? <laughs> Take them. Now, you know what other people do? They give somebody else their clutter. I had a pile of clothes sitting on a chair in my bedroom for a month, thinking to myself, I'm going to give those to my daughter. Anya says, why, you're just going to transfer your crap to her? If you don't want them, what makes you think she's going to want them? Now, by the way, I love hand-me-downs, so I'm all about hand-me-downs. But here's the thing. This is stuff that nobody wanted, but I couldn't bring myself to get rid of it. So, I was gonna, so how many of you have given your clutter to somebody else and now they're trying to figure out what to do with it? <laughs> Stop doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one day at a time. Here's the other thing. I think too many people try to create a plan to do it all at one time and they get exhausted, they get overwhelmed, and it's too much, so they quit. 
And might I say that when you do it one step at a time, if you do a closet, celebrate. I've got, when I do, when I did my, when I was moving, I celebrated every little thing I did because that's what kept me going. So if you declutter a cabinet or a drawer or a closet, do a happy dance like no one's looking. Right, and take a picture of it. Bring it to I had a friend text me yesterday, she goes, you're so proud of me. And I'm like, oh gosh, what? So she took a picture of her junk drawer, interestingly enough, her junk drawer, and then the empty junk drawer, but the cat was laying in it. She goes, I, I decluttered because of you. Because every time I go over there, she's like, don't go in my closet. Don't go in my Shame. So she, that was her way to celebrate, was yeah. sending me a picture because she knew I'd be excited, and she wanted that validation as well. And then the manageable routine thing is just, once you've decluttered, then don't stop. Just keep doing it. So maybe once a week, so like on Saturday morning, you know, you get up, and you do your routine, and part of your routine is one in, one out. What did I buy this week? What do I need to get rid of? Or what items did I clean out this week? So make it on a specific day and time, or once a season, or once a month, or whatever your routine is, but make it manageable and put it on your calendar. Because what happens, it catches up with you, doesn't it? If you don't do it on a regular basis, then it all happens you go, what happened to that garage? I just cleaned that out. Your wife goes, uh, no, you did not just clean that out. Spaces to declutter, again, these are things to think about, small small pieces. All right, so let's talk about saying goodbye, and then we're going to take questions for those of you who are struggling with questions. Say goodbye to excess stuff. What do photos do for people? Photos are great for people that they, they take the photos, and they have a memory of the china set that their grandmother gave them, or the the bells that their husband collected for them every time he went on a work trip. And so at least you have something to hold on to if you're not going to keep that physical item. Yeah. And for me, it's, what's interesting to me is when I take a picture of it, it's like I'm saying goodbye at that moment. Like I took pictures of those things, and now I've got them. It's like, I don't know that I need the picture. But at the time, I thought, I'll have a picture. Right? I'm like, yeah. That was important I thought it was. Um, say goodbye. I mean literally. There's something to be said for this um, Eastern religion process of things have life in them, right? You may not necessarily believe that, but that stuffed animal of Layla's, when she, here's a funny story, let me tell you. So Maverick, our two-year-old, I don't know where, if his mom taught him this or what, he says goodbye to everything. Bye-bye Whole Foods, bye-bye Park, Bye-bye, doggy. Bye-bye to people. This is bye-bye to things. So bye-bye, toy. And he, then he walks away, and I'm like, that's the coolest thing ever, right? Well, if we say goodbye to things, and I tell people this when they're selling their house, we have a lot of people who are very emotionally attached to their homes. They've lived in them 50, 60 years. And there's a sense of disconnect when you leave that home. And I say to people that are having that challenge, go into that room, Look at that room, take it in, breathe it in, say goodbye to it, but ceremoniously so. Goodbye, room. You were such a great room for my daughter, who Joni, who grew up here, and you took good care of her. Thank you. Now it's time for a new owner to bring life into this room, and then you leave that room, and you do that in every room. You bless it for the blessings that it brought you, Right? And if it cursed you, you bless it for that too. You stupid utility room. I'll be so glad when I'm gone. 
but I hope you bless the next person with the same pain in the ass laundry cycles you've given me. Right? I talk to inanimate objects, and people are going to think I'm crazy, but when you do that, there's a release, right? There's a release that goes with that. So once you said goodbye, then Anya's process is box it, bag it, label it, get rid of it, and get rid of it. Yeah, hold that thought. Yeah, so box it, bag it, label it, and get rid of it. And, and where is it going to go? Here are the places that it can go. Where can we take it? What's the first thing? Why do we have donate at the top of the list? Why do you think? It feels good? Why? It's easiest. That's why. It's the easiest. Some people it does feel good, but that's not why it's at the top of the list. Because for me, it doesn't necessarily feel good to donate to Goodwill because I don't really know where it's going to end up. I mean, I, I'm just, I do it because it's convenient, right? Some of you may donate it because it feels good. Talk about that. Yeah. So uh, for me, I, I donate because I'm incredibly blessed with what I have. So I want to share what I have uh, that no longer serves a purpose for me. Um, I also work at a homeless youth shelter, so I see what the donations do and how much it means. So for me, it feels good. I've got clients who um, they want to donate. It makes them feel good. They want someone else to have create new memories, and then. I've got some that want to sell it. Yeah. yeah. So there's two types of donations that I've kind of made note to myself. And you have a handout with a lot of different places that we've given you, a list of places to donate, don't we? Or is it back there? Oh, no, it's on the chair. Okay, it's on the chair. And so there are, there are convenient donations and there are specific donations. Convenient locations are like those places you can just drop off stuff. Goodwill, and then there's places that have parking lots where you just open the bin and throw your clothes in there and drive off. Okay? Convenient. Or people pick it up. But specific donations is where your heart's kind of going. Like, we talked about the beds earlier, you know. My, uh, my daughter was adopted, and she lived in foster care for the first five, six, eight, eight years of her life, I guess. And a lot of times she didn't have a bed when she lived in uh, back at the home. So she'd go into foster care and then she'd go back into the home with the grandma and they didn't have beds. There were five little kids, they all slept on the floor. And so when she got a bed, that was a big deal, right? Her bed. And so this place uh, called the Hope Chest, you can donate gently used beds, bedding, and mattresses and they'll repurpose them for kids who don't have beds. That to me means something, right? Maybe not to you, but for some of us it will mean something, in which case when you donate that bed, it means more than getting 25 bucks for it at a garage sale. Right? Doesn't that make sense? Now somebody else says, I need that 25 bucks. Okay, then sell it. There's no shame in that either, no judgment. It's just just do what makes sense for you. Yeah, do whatever feels right for you, what you need to do. There are a lot of donation companies out there that have specific um, things that might pull up your, your heartstrings, right? So there's Heart and Hand, and they have for um, abused women and children that are just getting homes. So there's a lot of different ones that might feel good for you, and then there's the, the Goodwills on every corner that's convenient. So um, We did a seminar on this topic at... That's the class change. We're not going anywhere. 
You're late for English. You're late for English, yeah. Um, so the, there's a, uh, we did a seminar at Spanish Cove, oh sorry, at Spanish Cove and uh, somebody asked about Bibles and um, I made the comment it was okay to, tr to throw them in the trash and oh my gosh, I, I thought I was going to burn right there at the front of the room. And uh, we have since found several places that take used Bibles <laughs> that you can donate them to. So you do not need to trash them. And those are on that list. Um, and they also take all kinds of different religious materials, teaching materials and things like that. But they do not take, let me just be honest with you, they do not take VHS tapes from 1980. They don't take, a lot of them don't take cassette tapes anymore. They don't take certain media, okay? So if you have that older media that people don't have players for, go ahead and trash that. But maybe it's, it's a valuable. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to ship it to a third world country, and while you're at it, ship them the electricity they need to plug it in, then you're probably okay. But I, that, and I make, there are organizations that repurpose that stuff, but here's what you need to know. It's not an easy donation to make. It's not. If you want to spend time doing it, you can, but here's what happens. A lot of people say, oh, I'm going to do that, and then where does that thing end up? In the closet. Back in the closet because the wife got tired of sitting there waiting on you to figure out where you're going to ship it, or vice versa, right? Yeah. So, so donations, gifts. What about gifts, Anya? What's the difference? Uh, <laughs> you don't know that answer. I'm trying to be polite when I say this. So, a lot of times your kids and your grandkids don't want your stuff, right? Like, and we want to, we want to gift it to them because we think they want it. So my suggestion is always invite them over and tell them if they want something that they can take it. Or you can do like my grandma did. I'm one of 29 grandkids. And so my grandma elder picked a uh, an item out of her house for each grandchild and shared the reason why she gave us that gift, right? And had a memory with it. She just got rid of 29 things, right? <laughs> And we all thought we were the most important, which I'm her kind of our favorite, so we don't have to discuss that. But I still have the green cat that she gave me, and it's and it it's I it is the one thing I'm so proud of. It's chipped and it's kind of faded, but the story that she shared I'll never forget. And that's been oh 17, 18 years ago. And we were we just had a family reunion this this uh, summer, there were 102 of us there. Um, almost all the grandkids were there, and we all were sharing our story, and we all still have our item. And it, we all think we're the most important, right? Because that's when we got that item, we got that story, that's how we felt, and we still feel like that. And it's just a cool thing to have that connection. It doesn't have to be a grandkid. It could be niece, nephew, you know, friend, whoever. But it was really cool for us. Conversely, here's what I hear people say. Well, I've got all that china. I've got my mom's china, my sister's china, and my Aunt Marie's china, and I'm going to give it to my daughter. <laughs> well, you didn't want it. And you've been storing it all these years, so why we're sure your daughter should now store it. Go ahead, right? Pass along that anxiety. Right. And the reality of it is, and you know, we can talk about what people are using or not using all day long, but has life changed since you got married? Yes or no? Yes. Right? And what you like to do and what you wanted to do when you got married is different than when your kid. My kids got married in a movie theater in Austin, Texas called the Alamo Draft House. We watched Grease as the reception. 
attended six weddings, and none of them have been in a church. They've all been like in a backyard, or and there's been no. Um, we have cake no, balls. Yeah, yeah. cake balls. Not a wedding cake. my honeymoon fun. Is pretty much what it is. Yeah, cake balls made into the shape of popcorn. <laughs> Guys, our kids are not like us. They're not. They're not us. So let's quit trying to make them. I'm gonna sidetrack on the china really quickly because sure. it's kind of a passion of mine. If you love your china and you want to use it, use it every day. Get rid of the Target dishes that you bought or the Walmart dishes, as long as you don't mind that it can't be microwaved and it can't be dishwash. Is that dishwasher safe? Bring your china out and use it every day. I had a client that said, well, that's only for special occasions. You are waking up every day. That's a special occasion. You use the china. You've used it three times over the last three years. Every day. And she uses it every day now, and it is gorgeous china. So I think I'll probably No, I think that's great. So you can trash it, obviously, or you can sell it. Now, selling it is easier said than done, yeah? Okay, consignment stores are closing all the time. I went by the Green Attic the other day, it's closing. Did y'all know that? No, I didn't know that. Yep, Green Attic's closing, or it says it is. Um, lots of antique stores have closed their doors. They've gone into auctions now. Um, lots of places are not able to sell the stuff they were able to sell before, and so they're closing. If you can find a consignment store that will take your stuff, then that's not a bad option for trendy items. They do not want your antiques, though, because antiques are not selling right now. Mid-century modern stuff, really unique uh, items are selling. Um, I saw on Facebook Marketplace, if you guys follow Facebook at all, they have a marketplace. You can still sell things on Facebook. The other day, somebody was trying to sell a five, uh, what's it called? Uh, five, Duncan five. Duncan five. A uh, drop leaf table for $450, and the pictures of it were hilarious. It was upside down in a garage, it was all scratched up, and you know, it was $450. I thought, Are you kidding me? I've had people with beautiful tables and chairs like that, and beautifully photographed, and they're only getting two, three hundred dollars for it. So, you know, online stuff, when you look at what's for sale, it's different than what sold just to be honest with you. But there are three places that you could look at selling stuff online if you're computer savvy. eBay, Facebook, and Craigslist. And there are lots of other ones, believe me, they advertise them all the time, but they're usually specialty, like for technology or things like that. These are the three main ones. And then of course, let's talk quickly about garage sales. Garage sales are tough. Uh, when people come to garage sales, they expect you know, the, for nickels and, and dollars, and it's a lot of work to probably not get much in return. And it, it's just that they're long. And then what happens with what's left at the dead cell? You've got to figure out what you're going to do with it. It's sitting in your garage. It's sitting in your garage, or it goes in boxes, um, or because you don't have anyone that's just going to be accessible to take it for you. I'll tell you one of my favorite experiences with a garage sale, non-sale, call it a non-sale, we walked up, Chris and I did, to a house this gentleman was going to sell down in uh, Rivendell in South Oklahoma City. Nice home. And uh, when we walked up, the garage door was open. And we walked past the garage to go to the front door, and he had tables set up. And I went, oh, he must be having a garage sale. So we went in, and he said, no, I'm not having a garage sale. I'm just giving stuff away. <laughs> so he said, I sit out here in my chair in the evening, and when people are walking, with their kids and their strollers, he says, come on in, this, all this stuff, just take what you want. 
And he was letting people, and I'm looking around, and he goes, do you want that? Oh, that's really nice. You should take that. I'm like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever experienced in my life. But he's just giving it away because he goes, I didn't want to price it. He said, I'm not going to get anything out of it, so might as well just give it to people. I said, well, what are you going to do with what's left? He said, I just figure I'll tell somebody at some point, take it all. And when they say all of it, he's going to say, yep. <laughs> but what do people do with it? Those people that load it up and take it, what do you think they do with it? They sell it. They put it on eBay. They do a garage sale. They put it on Facebook Marketplace. They're going to make 50 cents to two bucks on the dollar for what you, you know, for the trouble. I sold something on Facebook recently and I said to Chris, I said, wow, I said my dollar per hour rate went way down when I did that. Right? But if you need to do it or feel, if it's fun for you to do it, then guess what? You should do it. If it's arduous or makes you anxious or, more importantly, it's unsafe, to do it, you probably shouldn't do it. In other words, inviting people, strangers, to your home for a $5, $25 item is probably not the smartest thing to do. Right? Okay, you ready to open it up for questions? Let's do it. Okay, I got back here in the back. I don't know if you had a question or a comment. Seventy-four photographic albums. of his photo albums. Okay, so what are you looking to do? Digitize them? For what, let me, let me, this is a coaching conversation. For what purpose? Well, Shannon, do we have a mic? No, we don't. Okay. Hang on. Hold that thought. Okay. Okay, I've got 74 albums. I'm a photographer. I've got all kinds of stuff. But I'm, I started last year and I got the three albums and gave up. Now I'm on album 16. Throwing probably half to three quarters of the yeah. pictures away. Okay, so back to the for what purpose are we digitizing? I want to save the list. Right now I'm doing, trying to get all of the Christmas albums. When okay. the kids were born all the way up. Yeah. Parents are dead, grandparents are dead, yeah. stuff like that. I want to put them on. Digitize them some way and give them to my kids because they sure as hell don't want 74. Okay, so let me ask you this. Have you talked to your kids? No, it's going to be a Christmas surprise. <laughs> okay, great. Okay, so the, the, listen, I want, I want you to hear this though. He's doing this for whom? For, no, you're not. Yes. You're doing it for you. your kids uh, to go through those pictures with you? 
they don't have time. The most interesting ones are now. Okay, and what would happen is you uh, took that album, one album at a time, took the pictures out of it you love the most, and sent them a picture electronically. We scan them in, you electronically send them to them and say, which ones of these do you like or have memories of? Tell me about it. Okay, so here's the thing. You, the biggest issue with photographs is what? Time. What is the one thing people value most from their loved ones at the end of life? Time. After you're gone, all we have is memories, right? But time. So when you're at Christmas this year, what if you all, do they come to Christmas? We go down there. You go there. So what would happen if you took a handful of those books and went through them together every Christmas, would that be more valuable than a CD or a disc or a flip drive or a Google share drive after you're gone? It'd be better for me. So it would be a win-win. So here's the, it would be. So here's what happens. We agonize. How many of y'all have ever agonized over a gift, given it to somebody and they go, oh, thank you. Next gift. And then it's almost like we, we've, we haven't wasted the time, but what I want you to hear is the agony that you went through was because it was for you. What you're doing is a selfish act projected as an act for your kids. It's both and, right? But are you getting enjoyment going through these books? I'm a lot of memories. Are you getting enjoyment from those memories? No, it's stressful. Is it? What makes it stressful? The time. So why are you doing it? Get rid of 74 albums. <laughs> okay, so you can take pictures out of albums, right? Yeah. Okay, so here's a thought. Now I'm gonna go into problem solving mode because this is what I do. Take those albums, you take every picture out, you put them in a stack. <laughs> yeah, okay, so are all of your kids as organized as you are? But are they? Are they engineers? No. What do they do? One's a teacher, one's an HR manager in Houston. Okay, so, and so do you think they'll appreciate the organization that you're doing? Hope so. They should. What do you guys think? They, they love going back and looking at stuff like one of my... How old are your kids? Uh, in their 50s. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh. Okay, here's what I'm going to say. They're going to love it. But you have to love doing it, or is it worth doing? Well, I, I get enjoyment See, he said it was here. He's getting enjoyment out of this. What advice would you give him? If those of you in the room, real quick, three people, Max, what advice would you give him about his photos? Keep it up. Keep it up, good. What else? Ask the kids if they want them. Ask the kids if they want them. Yes. What if they say Hang on, hang on. No, I'll come back. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It means something to him, but yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean something to them. Perfect. It means to find out if they want that. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so your question you just asked was what if they say they don't want them? That's a good question. How do you answer that? No, no, no. No. I, I'm at Lois. I love you to death, but I'm going to argue with you. She said they'll want them. Oh, you're married. They can, she can talk. They're married. I thought you were just a friend, so I was like, you can't answer for him, but you can because you're a 
his one daughter loves all the old pictures that he's given her already. Yep. So you have talked about it. Specifically, how many of these albums do you want? Right. They don't want the albums, they want the pictures. They just want digital albums.
There are people out there that do that. Yeah. I heard a high school kid. What else? I saw two or three other hands up. Yeah. 
Recycling. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I, you have to ask the recyclers if they take those in their big trucks. Uh, but, the, but the covers are so heavy on those that I don't know if they'll if they'll recycle those or not. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Old medicines and cosmetics. Um, old medicine you can take to thrifty pharmacy, and they'll dispose of them properly for you. Um, I don't Cosmetics meaning like a liquid, like fingernail polish remover, that kind of thing, all the, the toiletry items. Um, those generally go in the trash, has uh, been my experience. Um, but the medications definitely can go to, you take them to a pharmacy and they'll dispose of them. I think the fire station and police station will also, police stations will take medication. So if you take yeah. take them to the police station, they're they you'll have the in them. Yep. They they want they want the bottles. Yeah. And and then the police station has to put it in zipper bags. Yeah. yeah. The actual caplets and pills in okay. So they're gonna ask you what they're gonna want you to do is they're gonna want you to make it convenient for them, right? So they're gonna want you to empty the bottles into some sort of container, whatever their preference is, and then they'll take the bottles and throw the bottles away yourself. And they're not dealing with those. Yes, hold on, I'll come right back to you. Yes, ma'am. I saw a thing at CBS in Edmond on 33rd and Hollywood Street. They had something in there that said doctor's prescriptions in that. So there's interesting. Yes, on every corner. But my CBS only. Okay, so hang on, she's saying that there was a box in front of the CBS. All right. In the CVS. Okay, got it. Yeah. Not all of them that will have it. So most pharmacies will, will tell you that they, they take them or not, and they may just actually take them and yeah, put them in the Thrifty pharmacy will yeah, just take them. Yeah. So, you know, here's the thing I think what happens a lot of times is we hang on to that stuff because we don't know what to do with it, right? And so if you're, if you have those kinds of questions and you're coming back and you go, okay, I have, write it on your evaluation that you have a specific issue, you don't know where to get rid of it or how to get rid of it, if you'll write it on there, we will figure out what the solution is and send it in the follow-up letter that we mail out to everybody. Okay, that way everybody can have an added list. Yes? Crossings Community Center on Pennsylvania will take your empty prescription box. Crossings? They clean them up and recycle them. Okay, Crossings Community Center on Penn takes the old bottles, prescription bottles, they recycle them. They clean them up and reuse them. Okay. See, now this goes back to, this is what's funny. So, so listen up. For some people, they're going, oh, I'm going to do that. And I'm thinking, I'm throwing mine right in the trash. It's a convenience issue. Some people won't have time. Some people will. Some people will be more earth-friendly and others won't. Just do what's right for you, but there's a solution to almost every problem, right, that we have. Now, I'm going to just give one shout out about clothing real quick. If you wonder why you should quit accumulating clothing, I'm going to just tell you right now, you go watch the documentary on that topic, and you'll quit buying crap clothes and $2 shirts everywhere. Anya might not. She may keep doing it. 
But the fact is, is when you take those clothes and you donate them, big bundles of clothes, we think, oh, we're doing good things and somebody's going to get those. Well, you know where they end up? They end up in third world countries and islands on a on a hill and people are allowed to pick through them and take what they want and whatever's left then gets put in a landfill and you know what comes out of those clothes? Inks and dyes and toxins and it pollutes their water. So there's a good side and a bad side guys to all of this and the problem we have is mass accumulation. We have too much stuff, we're buying too much plastic, we're buying too much fabric we're just over consuming. So I'm not a big liberal left-wing person who's all about recycling and all this stuff. That's not what I'm about. But I am going to tell you that as our generation ages and as people pass on and we have all of this extra stuff, there's no room for it, you guys. There's no room for it. And we're going to be in Oklahoma and somebody's going to go, guess what? We're building on landfills now. We're going to be building on landfills. They do it in other parts of the country. We don't hear yet because we have plenty of land. But we're going to be building on landfills, you guys. Are we doing it? Are we? They fill it up on the lake. There are beautiful lakes. Yeah. Where I live in this neighborhood with John. They filled up that lake. And uh, I have a big hill in the back of my house. And I kept getting these bottles and this stuff out of the hill. Mm -hmm. There you go. We're building on landfills. So when you, yeah, so when you dig your garden up and you dig up somebody's trash, you'll know what's going on. Okay, so quit buying junk you don't need. That's my point. Okay, so Anya is going to be doing a decluttering um, workshop starting in October. Let's talk about it. So it'll be a four-week workshop, and we'll kind of set goals, and then each week we'll kind of celebrate with each other. You'll be held accountable for what you say you're going to go through, and we're just going to kind of go through the steps of how to declutter and just get a good support system for each other. We, I've done this before, and we had a lot of fun. Um, there was a lot of breakthroughs. We had someone who got rid of 250 neckties that they had been holding on to for about 25 years, um, and so we donated them to a youth shelter. And each time the kids got it and went for an interview, if they got the job, they get, got a piece of necktie. And it's been a lot of fun for them because they're still trendy. They right. Come back. So we had fun. We're going to do that again. And we're just going to kind of go step by step of how to do it. And then you'll come back um, one week and you'll talk about any challenges you had. We'll talk through that and kind of get you set for success. So it should be fun. So you'll set goals and create a plan. And yeah. then you'll execute your plan. And in a month's time, the goal is to have accomplished something. And then we'll so, do a happy dance. And we'll do a happy dance, yeah. So four weeks, October 7th, 14th, 21st, and 28th, those are Mondays. Uh, they'll be held at our office. We have a small room that will accommodate about 10 people plus Anya. And, and I think it's, it's intimate, right? Yeah, it's small. intimate, small, private. And at the end of the last one we did, um, the, the people that were in there really became friends, and they were really excited to come in and, and share their what they did. Is there anybody here that went through it? I don't see it. I don't see anybody here. They didn't need to come because they right. had the workshop. Right. Um, I will say before we before we end it, um, if you go back and you have stuff that you want to declutter, I would encourage you to contact a friend 
or um, I would say adult children, but maybe not. Maybe a friend, someone at church, and tell them what you're going to do and tell them what their, your goal is so that they can maybe help keep you accountable to reach that goal. And then it's someone to celebrate once you reach that goal and have some validation. So it's important, I think, if you're gonna if you're gonna go home and you're you're set and you're ready to do something, share that goal with someone so that they can help cheer you on and keep you on track. Who's gonna do something when they leave here today? Times. Um, Anya, it's 1.30 to 2.30, isn't it? I think so, yeah. I think it's 1.30 to 2.30, yes, thank you. October 7th, 14th, 21st, and 28th. And you should have a flyer on your chair yeah, all with all the details on it. Yeah. It, when we get to 10, uh, we'll cut it off. And if there's more than 10 that want to do it, we'll pick a different time and see about doing two of them. But right now, it's limited to 10 people total. So um, that's the, the most we can accommodate in that room. Yeah. Uh, is there some place where A workshop on that, you think? On fine, finer items, more high dollar, high end stuff? Yeah, shoot, why not? We don't, but we will. Put it on the eval. Put it on the eval. What you guys need is what we try to do. So if you write it on the eval, we try to make it happen. Plastic red bottles. Plastic bottles. So her question is: Is there anybody that maybe in the art world that uses those? Here's the thing: Kindergarten teachers, preschool teachers use a lot of stuff that are very creative. Here's the problem: There's so much of it, right? That if every one of you, if I said to you today, this kindergarten teacher needs X, we would be able to give them 500 times the amount they need, and then they're going, what do I do with the extra? So my question, I guess my thought is, if you have a church or a school nearby that you go in and you ask them, say, what are the things that your school needs to be donated that we may have in our household? And do that. Because I will tell you that as a group, um, there's organizations out there that used to do that. They used to get donations, but then the problem is they didn't know how to store them and, and how to disseminate them. And it's just it's a challenge because there's so much availability. Toilet paper rolls. Do you guys remember when you used to send your toilet paper rolls to school with your kids? <laughs> so they could make arts and crafts supplies? Yeah. Everything can be used. It's just a matter of you have to make it a point. If, it's, if you have excess, be assertive and go to those places and say, I have something I can donate. Is anybody here using it? If not, guess what? Throw it in the trash. I think it's important for you, for everyone, that it's like we're giving you permission that you don't have to do all those. You can just let it go. Yeah. Like if, if it's a passion of yours to find a home for it, then do it. But don't feel guilty for just throwing it away because there's so much excess of everything out there. Generationally, you guys, uh, age group wise in here, if you look around in this room, the majority of people either had a parent or they themselves were raised during some part of the depressive era, right? And so there's this sense of, I need to reuse it. I need to use it. It should be able to be repurposed. 
And the thing is, is that it can't all be repurposed anymore. There's so much excess. We had a lady who um, used her uh, toilet paper rollers, the, the cardboard thing, for her cords. She'd roll up her curling iron cords and her extension cords and put them in the toilet paper bowl. And I thought, that's brilliant. But you know what? They sell plastic ones now that you can buy on Amazon that don't fall apart. But why would you do that when you can use perfectly good toilet paper rolls, right? People don't do that anymore. Then they go to Amazon and they buy them. So just, I, I'm not, and I'm not happy about this. Please understand, this isn't something I'm thrilled about, but I'm just saying, like Anya said, you have permission to throw things away unless you can have a way to repurpose them that's convenient and easy for you and brings you joy. Chris is telling me we're out of time. You guys, did you learn something today? All right, write down any unanswered questions you have, and we'll make sure you get them answered. Thanks, guys.